podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. We've got a special bye week recording for you today, and I am Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine morning? Ayo, happy Thursday morning coming to you live. Won't be live when you hear it, but we're live and we're alive, ready to talk about the 49ers and what we got going on. There's some mixed feelings going on, but we're going to get right into it and explain. And you should be feeling good when you're when you're done listening to this. You should be feeling good. I would say so, Timmy, wouldn't you? I would agree. You should be feeling good. However, it's going to take some convincing cuz Daniel, I I am not feeling feeling good right now and I was not feeling good until I till a couple things happened later this week that we'll we'll dive into but obviously we need to start with a game recap 49ers played the Bengals and Joe Burrow decided to be Joe Burrow again and the Bengals kind of walked away with it at the end Purdy had a couple terrible plays you're going to hear some buzz that maybe he was still concussed I don't know that I buy that I tend to go with Occam's razor which tells me he was on like his 15th start and he's basically a rookie and so he's going to throw some picks occasionally well, not but, only yeah, not the only 49ers were the lost that... to to the Bengals. I think the biggest takeaway is that our defense forgot how to tackle. Not only were there rumors that he was still concussed, but he took a big hit where he hit his head again. I don't think that it was hard enough to make him concussed again, but it definitely he grabbed his head after the hit, and I'm kind of surprised how he wasn't made. Yeah, that. That was the play everyone was zeroing in on. Purdy kind of goes down, head hits the turf. A classic could be a concussion and kind of holds his head up a little bit. And you you would expect that that's the kind of play that would get him him pulled into the protocol to get checked. But for some reason, he wasn't. I think, I don't know, some people on Twitter like to get all sinister about it. I think the NFL is, is on the whole trying its best and it's, you know, people make mistakes. I, I think he probably should have been checked after that hit, but... I'm not sure we've seen anything to to make me think he was concussed, but Daniel, yeah, I was I was curious what you thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I have no uh, sure surefire thoughts of why why he didn't. I probably would have said if it was up to me, I would have said that yes, he needs to get checked out. Um, especially after coming out of concussion protocol just this last week, so I'm hoping that he's just fine and that it wasn't that big of a hit. Maybe. Um, I have had a few concussions myself, so I can understand what it's like to be recovering from, from a concussion. And then even when you slightly hit your head, it, it feels much harder than it normally does. And so maybe that, that first feeling of impact was really shocking to him. So he kind of went to grab his head and he's like, okay, I'm actually, I'm actually okay here. So not sure. Would love to call him up and ask him, but alas. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I I don't know that I buy that he was that that was a concussion, but it, it was it is definitely odd that he was not uh, it it was certainly odd that he was not pulled and at least you know brought over to the blue tent and examined. All in all, 
not the best game from Purdy. Kind of the opposite. Uh, the, pa- the past couple games have been the opposite of what we saw from Purdy last season. What we saw from Purdy was that it would take him a little bit to get going. These past couple losses for the 49ers, he has come out of the gates red hot, kind of kept pace for pace with an opposing quarterback that's playing really well, did that against Cousins, did it again against Burrow for the beginning of the game, and then just couldn't keep it together down the stretch. So... All in all, I think we just need to remember that this is still one of Purdy. Purdy is still very young in terms of NFL starts, and because of how well he's played, we've kind of forgotten that. And because he's got he's got a pretty big safety system around him in the in the Shanahan 49ers offense. But take away Debo Samuel, who really really sets the tone and uh, a physicality for this team and can can do anything, and then Trent Williams, who is you know the best player in the NFL, maybe at any position, take those two guys out and, and, it, and it gets a little harder for a guy who yep. is still learning to play the position at the NFL level. So really I am not back. super concerned about Purdy's play, but it, it is a bummer. I would like to say, um, I actually think this is, this is, this is going to shock some people. I actually think this is one of uh, Purdy's best games in some ways. It certainly was not his cleanest. He threw the ball 31 times, had 22 completions. He had 365 yards. Now, I did not go and and check this the weeks prior, but there's no way that that is not the most yards he's thrown for in a game this season. He had one touchdown, two interceptions, and he was sacked twice. That's because we're missing Trent. Um, Back to his yardage, that's an average of 16.6. His quarterback rating was 94.2. That's a pretty solid quarterback rating, especially for having one touchdown, two picks. Now, I think he had a good game. He just also made some mistakes, and those were crucial mistakes, and they bit the Niners hard. The two interceptions were not great, and they they weren't great decisions. They looked like Jimmy Garoppolo interceptions, but he certainly played better until those mistakes, and we weren't able to recover from those mistakes. Your hope is that your defense is able to uh, recover from those offensive mistakes or vice versa, have each other's back in that way, and they weren't able to do it. Because if you look at the receiving yards, George Kittle got 11 targets. Only five players got a single target, and Elijah Mitchell is one of those five. He had one target, and it wasn't even a completion. But George Kittle had 11 targets, nine receptions for 149 yards. That's what happens when Debo is out. It's Kittle, Kittle gets the ball because Ayuk is, is pretty consistent in there. So he was nine targets, five receptions, 109 yards. McCaffrey, seven targets, six receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. He also had a rushing touchdown. So, oh, I guess of note as well, Brock Purdy had more rushing yards than Christian McCaffrey. Were you aware of that, Timmy? I was, I think I was actually that. That Purdy was the was the leading rusher, but that definitely, I mean, honestly, I think some of that is on Trent is is reflected in Trent Williams and Debo being out. I think I think that really affects the 49ers ground game in ways that I did not think it would. I I was not expecting the impact of Debo being out to be as significant, 
because we've talked about how Brandon Ayuk has, has become the 49ers wide receiver one this year. But I, I think what I've been forgetting is Debo out of the backfield, Debo on screens, Debo in motion, Debo blocking really has an impact on the kind of run plays and, and trickery that Shanahan is able to do with McCaffrey. And so I, I think that's had a bigger impact than I expected because I was just thinking about it in terms of the passing game. But I think it's being reflected in what you're talking about in the rushing game in that McCaffrey, by all accounts, still having a great game, setting an NFL record for most consecutive games with a touchdown, having multiple touchdowns. Downs, but less rushing yards than than we'd expect him to log. Yeah, each each week Trenton's been out. He has not he has not eclipsed any any kind of mark that we're used to seeing. I would say last week it was forty five. I guess now two weeks ago against the Vikings it was forty five yards. He did only have fifteen attempts, but that's an average of three yards per carry. Not great for him. And then against the Browns. He had 43 yards, 11 attempts, so that's an average of 3.9. So he has not had a big rushing game uh, yardage-wise for weeks because even the Cowboys, it was only 51 yards on, I believe it was 19 attempts. Um, So it hasn't been since the Cardinals game in week four that he's had over 100 rushing yards, but he's also not getting – he hasn't had the amount of carries. We actually haven't talked about this a lot, Timmy, and I think we – Probably should have because we did earlier. Remember the first few weeks of the season when they said, hey, Elijah Mitchell and maybe even Jordan Mason, they're going to help take some of that workload off of Chris McCaffrey, and he was still getting 20-something attempts, and we're like, the other guys aren't even playing. Well, now they are. Now the ball is getting spread around a little more, and other guys are getting touches, and McCaffrey's not getting more than 15, certainly not more than 20 rushing attempts. And so that kind of skipped by me. But it's definitely been a huge, a huge detriment not having Trent Williams. And not that I would ever, like, this might sound bad. I, if I had to pick one player on our offense to never be injured, it would be, it would be Trent. Because we have so many weapons, it's like, okay, Debo's out, great. We've got CMC, Kittle, and Hayuk. We can make it work, but we still have Trent blocking. So, Hope, hope he is I think back that's a after good the buy, and I expect I, I think to it, be. It, it's a reasonable argument to say that Trent is probably the most irreplaceable player on the 49ers. I think on both sides of the ball. The other guy I think you could say is Fred Warner. But in terms of how no one on the team can step into his position and in any way be what he is. If McCaffrey's out, Eliza Mitchell can still be really, really good. He's not McCaffrey, but he's really good. And Debo can do that kind of stuff too. That's a really interesting point, and I I think I agree with you. I think Trent is probably the most irreplaceable player on this team. And Jalen Moore is not Trent Williams. No, he is he is most certainly not. I think we'll uh, we can talk about this later. But I I expect Trent and Debo to be back coming out of the bye week. Uh, Debo was supposed to be out two games. That's what Shanahan said. And you know a bye week is hopefully going to give him time to really. Uh, to really heal up yep absolutely um but that's i just to finish my thoughts on purdy or i guess going back to everybody i and i just all the noise surrounding the niners has always been about the quarterbacks um and i i mean going back to that first drive of the game the Bengals carved up our defense and practically walked into the end zone and it just seemed like we handed it to them um totally. if you and i if we were to go back and look at last week's podcast and listen to it, we talked about, hey, if Joe Mixon has a good game, we're worried. Well, Joe Mixon had 16 attempts for 87 yards and a touchdown. That's an average of 5.4. 
Joe Mixon had a great rushing game. So I'm worried about our run defense. I'm worried about it. I'm worried about our run defense, and I'm really worried about our tackling. I mean, the the run defense, you're right. Mixon gutted us, and he is – Mixon is still very good. He is not what he was three years ago. He is not an NFL – like, he's a good, solid NFL running back. He is not Christian McCaffrey. He is not one of the elite players at that position anymore. But he's obviously obviously very good, and you give him the opportunity, he's going to take it. But the play that has been sitting with me, Daniel, with the defense is that Burrow, Armstead got a hand on him, couldn't bring him down. Bosa got a hand on him, couldn't bring him down. Runs out of the pocket, completes a pass. We that That cannot be happening. That is not something that is acceptable for an NFL defense. If you touch a guy, you got to tackle him. Especially if he's he's a quarterback. Joe Burrow's a great quarterback, but he's not known for breaking tackles. I don't I don't know. I am starting to get very very frustrated with the play of this defense. I'm hopeful that a spark can kind of be found and revitalize things, but I think Steve Wilkes carries a lot of the blame. I think Kyle Shanahan thinks Steve Wilkes carries a lot of the blame for for these issues we're talking about and we can dive into that whenever whenever you think is the right time. But this defense has been disappointing for sure and I don't know what else to blame other than coaching because the personnel has only gotten better from the last year when the defense was better you know yeah I mean I I will say I think that that I know exactly what play you're talking about and I think that one's tough where I can't remember Armstead's uh his opportunity but I know that Bosa did get a hand he was far away and it was kind of a hand he was almost trying to grab his chest pad it looked like and then the offensive lineman I bet it was but the offensive lineman, I don't remember who it was for the Bengals, just came and barreled Bosa. So Bosa, I don't know if he really had a shot. And part of that is Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback. But you're right. He's not an elite scrambler. I think Brock Purdy is a much better scrambler. He's much more agile, and he's he's had some great plays he's already. He's not Josh Allen, who you expect to be able to shrug off sacks. Or, yeah, truck someone. So, yeah, I get that. But I, I do think that... Um, I'm, I'm getting real frustrated with our defense as well, and I have been. Whether it's not getting any sacks. I know Bosa got half a sack. Him and Clellan Farrell got it together. Armstead had two, so that was great. I like seeing somebody actually get in there and get it done. Um, but again, just ha- Joe Mixon having a good day, a much better day than he's had in, in past weeks, only getting three total sacks, um, no interceptions, and we've, we've been getting. We led the league in interceptions with 11 at week seven, I think it was, and we were one of the worst in the league with sacks with, I think it was 13, and that number has not been skyrocketing since then. So I'm frustrated with this defense more than I am Brock Purdy, and I think that's something that I wish, I wish fans around the country were talking about because all I see – it's Brock Purdy's in trouble. Brock Purdy stinks. He's not going to be it. All it is is the Niners have problems, and, and quarterback is it. And I'm so sick of it just because we get this young kid who is in his second year, and he is cool as a cucumber. He's doing his thing, and he's, he's doing his job. Sure, he's not doing it flawlessly and making mistakes, but I just think we're complaining just as much as we were when we had Jimmy or close to, and I just don't think that's right or fair, and it certainly fires me up. But he threw for 365 yards. Like, that's legit. I mean, he fed these guys, and they weren't able to, to do as much as we had hoped with it. Um, and this defense wasn't able to help carry him in that sense. The Bengals, I go back to that first drive. They carved us up. It, it was pretty dang easy for them. Um, and then that, that one play you're talking about, it was like, oh, can't we just get a break? Can't somebody make a play 
here or there. And part of it is Jamar Chase had 12, 12 targets, 10 receptions, and 100 yards and a touchdown. It's Jamar Chase. He's a stud. And so on the stat sheet, they had a lot of guys. They had more guys catch the ball than we did. They didn't do anything crazy with it. Like the longest receiving play was 33 yards. They had a couple of long rushes, and so that points to the problem of our run defense a little more. But I just don't think the Niners are playing at their elite level that they did uh, certainly not last year, but even early the first four weeks of the season when we were winning games. Um, it's been tough. It's been tough to watch since then, and I don't, I don't know what like nothing. We're not missing anyone on the defense. Nothing has happened. Uh, like I know Dre Greenlaw has played through some injuries or sat out a week or two, but even when he's gone, we do okay. And so with everybody there on the defense. I, I just don't know what it is that is got them struggling so hard. So yes, that does lead me to believe. What is is there something different that Steve Wilkes is doing that the other guys didn't? That's not working and that needs to be fixed. Should Kyle be taking away defensive play calling duties? Should Steve Wilkes be out of the booth and on the sideline? I don't know, and I don't care what it is to fix I, it. I just want I want to see that difference, and maybe it's Kyle's so yeah, job this- to fix this himself. This is a fascinating conversation to me because obviously I've I've talked about how I'm upset with Wilkes, but like I love football. I know it. I, I know what's going on with football. I think I'm pretty good at at chatting about it with y'all here. But I am not an NFL coach. Like my opinion does not mean as much as someone like Kyle Shanahan's, and Kyle Shanahan is clearly upset with Wilkes. I have never seen him talk about a coordinator publicly the way he's been speaking about Wilkes. And to be honest. I think you I don't could think argue it's that, that he shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that he should be doing that. And I, I think we've talked a lot about how Kyle Shanahan's strengths in people management may not be one of his gifts. And really, well, that where makes he's me wonder is play calling. That makes me wonder: was Kyle a, a huge part of this hire? You would assume he has to be, right? I, I assume he has to be. And Wilkes, by all accounts, is a good defensive coach in the NFL. He's been a good head coach when he's had opportunities. I mean. But he's running a different style of defense than the Niners have historically. Richard Sherman was talking about that a lot. I think it was this week he was on a podcast talking about how Wilkes likes to run kind of a lot of funky coverages and blitzes and stunts. And Sherman's like, you know, this team is at its best when it's just four guys down, get to the quarterback, keep it simple. They kind of just need to go back to to that kind of stuff. And I I think Richard Sherman is one of the smartest NFL players maybe ever. So I, I really value his opinion. Would love, maybe he should join the Niners coaching staff. But... What Could you imagine? That'd be so much fun. But Kyle Shanahan coming out after the Vikings game and saying like, "Yeah, Wilkes shouldn't have run that zero blitz. I should have at the end of the half. I should have overruled him. That was the Addison touchdown. Things like, yeah, I'm gonna have a conversation with Wilkes about maybe moving to the sideline instead of the booth. Those conversations shouldn't be be happening publicly. And I don't, I don't especially like that's, that that's happening. Especially if that's the first Wilkes hears about it. Can you imagine press conference? I don't know if it's playing in the locker room or I highly doubt it. Um, yeah, and I'm going to... if Wilkes hears that, that's the first he hears of it. It's like, ah, that's that's not good. I'm going to assume... I'm, I'm going to assume that he's not... That that can't be the first time because I do want to give Shanahan some, some benefit of the doubt because he has developed really, really good coaches. Like, look around the league. How many great coaches come out of Shanahan's coaching tree? So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and let's say he's better at managing people, and maybe he thinks this is the way to light a fire under Wilkes' butt. 
Or maybe he's trying to take the blame. Maybe he was saying, yeah, you know, that's not on Wilkes. That's on me. I should have, you know, I was on the sideline. I saw things differently. I should have stepped in and, uh, and stopped that from happening. Maybe that's that. what he's what he's trying to do. But I I really think it's uh it's it's an interesting spot to be in for sure. But it it's definitely I'm I'm starting to question it. Um but I think Wilkes is a good coach. And I I I, I think he might just be overthinking it. Like this defense is very, very simple to coach. You know, it is not, it is not hard. It's tell Nick Bosa to sack the quarterback. Tell 49ers new addition that we'll talk about in a little bit. Chase Young to sack the quarterback. I, I think, I think maybe he's just, maybe he's overthinking it and, and maybe Sherman's right. And it, and it does just need to be kind of be brought back to keeping it simple. So I hope Wilkes is around all year, mainly because I feel like I've never seen a team fire a coordinator and go on to have serious postseason success. So I don't know. But I think getting down to the sidelines could be important. I think this is a team that needs to be playing with high energy, that needs to be pumped, and needs to be really, really playing with some physicality. And I wonder if getting him down to the sidelines could could help with that. So I don't know. I, I think... Ultimately, I think this bye week couldn't be coming at a better time, and I think that 49ers trade that we'll talk about later is hopefully really going to bring some energy into this defense. Yeah, I I think a huge key to success, I guess, is kind of the point you made about Steve Wilkes does like to do different things, and I wonder if that's what Kyle liked about him because Kyle's got a very different mind. Kyle doesn't do just – like Kyle's not a guy who takes – these these offensive weapons and has him do okay you're gonna do this kind of route and it's like super simple he loves to scheme up these these crazy plays and they're not they're not like they're not that different to just your at the average viewer's eyes you got to know the difference of things that he's doing to truly see where his mind is at and maybe he thinks steve wilkes is like the defensive version of him but it's hard when you have such a, a strong front four even before this week and they don't need to do these crazy blitzes or crazy things you got four guys who are pretty dang good at getting to the quarterback um or at least usually are um and then i love when they have hufunga come in and help for a blitz when warner every so often but staying pretty strong and pat to four guys maybe you bring in a fifth every like more regularly i don't know but doing and these, i wonder if crafty wonder defensive if plays that... doesn't seem their thing and I wonder if part of the reason we haven't been able to get home with four guys as much as we'd want is what we have talked about all season and all last season and all the season before that of we have not found the guy opposite Bosa yet. We have not, the 49ers could not, had yet to find the guy who could make defenses pay for doubling Nick Bosa, for chipping Nick Bosa, all these things. It, it has not been, it has not been what we've expected. We thought Drake Jackson was going to be that. He hasn't been. Maybe Randy Gregory. He There's hasn't still time, been. The 49ers, yeah. other than a brief brief glimpse with D Ford a couple years ago, have not had a boat had a had a true compliment to Bosa 
on the opposite side of the defensive line. And I think that's been hurting the team. And they may have fixed that, and I think we should talk about it in a second. But maybe any other thoughts on this Bengals game? I think then we're gonna gonna kind of take a take a glimpse back and just be like, okay, where are we? Because it doesn't feel good right now, coming off this three game skid going into the bye week. But I, I think it might be time to try to approach with a little more clarity. Where is this 49ers team? Where is this season going? Are we still a contender? What's going on? And talk about the great trade we just made. Yeah, to wrap up our Bengals game, let's do a little bit of Hufunga Kawabunga. Um, leading tackler of the week. Ten total tackles, same as Fred Warner, but Hufunga had eight solo tackles. So what I love, well, there's there's a beauty and a and a curse to this, I guess, where where you know, you made a comment about being you made a comment about being worried about some of these guys tackling. Uh, don't have to be worried about Hufungas. He had eight solo tackles. That tells me that he can wrap guys up. But that also tells me guys are getting to the safety more often than not. And so he's having to make the tackles. Um, one of uh, a former linebacker that uh, lived in, uh, his name's Greg Beekert. He lived, lived in my town. We we're good family friends. And he was an incredible linebacker for mainly nine seasons with the Raiders, two with the Vikings. Um, he was a big part of the, the tuck rule play with Tom Brady. But he, I would talk with him. And I'm like, dude, you led the Raiders and tackles almost every season you were there. Like, how cool is that? And he goes, yeah, that just means guys weren't getting to him before I was, or that just means guys weren't taking him down before I got there. And it wasn't, he's like the linebacker, especially the safety. That means the guys in front of you aren't getting him. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a good perspective. So if you're looking at Hufunga getting eight solo tackles, that means he's the last line of defense for probably most of those. And he's not, whoever it is, is not, brought down yet and so Hufunga's got to go make that last stop um so good on him no no other stat sheets things on the stat sheet for him but just love that he's finishing those tackles um for nitpicking dominance uh we'll have to change that phrase this week and uh, what would pointing out the obvious I don't know complaining (laughs) about falling apart yeah, complaining about falling apart. So we've pretty much That's already we've said our all episode. We've said our piece on it. I know I said I was gonna finish a comment about Brock Purdy, and then I started talking about the defense. But I just I think Brock actually had a great game. It wasn't clean. It wasn't 100 percent clean, and those mistakes cost us big time. But we've seen he's thrown interceptions before. They just haven't cost us as much. Um, so they were tough, and we were not able to recover. But that's why we have. Was it 53 guys on the roster? Is so we can play as a team and help each other recover from those mistakes. And nobody was able to come around him and help him recover from those mistakes. We did force two fumbles. I believe it was Fred Warner had a forced fumble. And Clellan Farrell had a forced fumble. But we just weren't able to capitalize on those. Um, so we had three turnovers. They had one. Tough those three turnovers are just really tough. We had five penalties. They had one. That's also something of note. So Yeah, it was a bad game. Like, can we just take not, a second? Not another way to look at it, you know? We had the Niners as a team had 347 passing yards. The Bengals had 266. Like, Brock pretty outpassed Joe Burrow in that sense, at least in yardage. And Burrow had one more attempt and six more completions. And Purdy... Uh, outdid him by 80 yards 
But then you can make the argument that Burrow had three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and Purdy had one touchdown, two interceptions. So Burrow had to do less, but he was cleaner, so he made it work. So that's yeah, that's my nitpicking right there, I guess, and that's not quite nitpicking. Yeah, no, I, it, it's hard to nitpick. It was a bad game. It's been a bad stretch for the 49ers. Um, I think the question is, Daniel, as we kind of transition – are we worried? Is this team still the Super Bowl contender we thought it was a month ago? Are are we we are the 49ers are no longer first in the NFC West. That's the Seattle Seahawks. They have a better record right now. Like are we we worried about contending for we're probably not getting a bye week in the playoffs. Like all of these things we have to think about now. Are is is this team the team we saw the first 5 weeks? Is this team the team we've seen recently? Can they win a close game? What's going on? And and Daniel, give me any of those questions that you want to answer. Let me let me know well, what, you th- what you're feeling. I, I was very tempted, honestly, right now to look up uh, a song from one of my favorite bands, and the title is "Things Are Looking Up." And it, I wanted to play it, and it's like "Things Are Looking Up" because things are looking up. We have a bye week, so that means Trent Williams, uh, Debo Samuel, and even Drake Greenlaw, who was. Uh, day-to-day after sustaining a shoulder sprain in the loss to the Bengals, they're going to have time to heal up. Uh, Aaron Banks is also doubtful, so he's going to get time to heal up. And we already said it, but we brought in Chase Young. young, (laughs) That's awesome. So much singing today. We brought in Chase Young. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it, but then you sang, and I was like, we got to do it. Yeah, we got to work on that singing. The 49ers brought in... Chase Young for the Washington Redskins or Washington Commanders. I I am so excited about this. I mean, if you're not Chase Young is basically was Nick Bosa 1.5. Now I don't want to say 2.0 cuz Bosa's better, but Nick Bo- Chase Young played with Nick Bosa at Ohio State, went number 2 in the draft the next year. One defensive rookie of the year the year after Bosa won it. Has been a phenomenal player, struggled with a really bad knee injury, but he's already passed his physical with the 49ers after this test. He was having his best season since his rookie year. Five sacks already this season, which is more than Nick Bosa. And the Washington yeah. Commanders had a fire sale under new ownership, and somehow the 49ers got Chase Young. And it was one of those things in the back of my mind of like, I wonder if the 49ers will try to trade for Chase Young. And I was like, nah. Like, the rest of the league would never let that happen. They would be too like, – Yeah. That would be so dumb. They would never well, They would never do that. <laughs> they but, Young and Bosa but have had, are. like, identical you, – You just listed it out, but they've had identical uh, early parts of their careers, and I bet it would have been much more of the same without that big injury because that wasn't just a one injury that he healed from like, like Bosa did, but – Young has he has had that nagging injury. He's had a couple, um, but putting them t- it's poetic. Played together, both uh, number two picks, both uh, defensive rookie of the year. Like it's it's so fun to see that, and it's so fun to see them together. And I think that they already have a very close relationship, so I think it's going to be fun to see them together on each side of that line. Um, it's also perfect timing. We have the bye week. So he's going to get to study up and, and come right in, not just um, brand new, but with with some good knowledge. And I think that it's going to be a great, not only bonding time for them, but uh, he's going to be able to coach up, get coached up in this system and, and come right in there. But what we like to see is if we look at the commander's defense a few days ago, it was one of the best, at least defensive lines. I would say it's the best defensive line in football. 
before they traded Montez Sweat, who was traded to the where did he go? Why can't I remember now? The Bears, which makes no sense, uh, but here we are. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. They gave a second. Well, he's a great player, but not as good as Chase Young. So Montez Sweat is going to the Chicago Bears for a second round, and Chase Young is going to the Niners for a third round. And that's just because uh, Young, his contract ends this year, and he's had some injuries. Does is Sweat's contract also ending this year? Or is that next year? Sweat's contract is also ending this year. So okay, these types yeah. of trades could be – it makes sense for the 49ers who are a contender. I think it makes less sense for the Bears, but I'm, I'm trying to be charitable. Maybe they're going to re-sign him. Who knows? But let's just take a second and talk about how great of a trade this is for the 49ers. We can talk about the impact, right? Chis Young is a phenomenal player. He's going to actually be that complement to Bosa. I think he's going to be yeah. better than D Ford was a couple years ago. He's been really good. He's going to be re-energized on this team. I think he's going to he's going to bring a spark to that defensive line. And when our defensive line has a spark, that has been when the rest of the 49ers defense starts cooking historically in this Shanahan Lynch run. I love the all-in move. But what's what's crazy is how little the 49ers had to give up for him. Now, it is just this one year. We'll see if they extend them. But the 49ers traded away a third-round pick for, for Chase Young. This is in the 2024 draft. It was a compensatory pick. I believe it was the pick for letting Mike McGlinchey go in free agency. It may have been the compensatory pick for, for losing D'Amico Ryans. But regardless, the 49ers have been really, really smart in capitalizing these comp picks under under Shanahan Lynch. And this might be their best, their best use of one yet to use it to bring in Chase Young. To This is basically the Jake Moody pick And if you're going to take a kicker with a pick That proves it's not that valuable of a pick to you So just a, yeah. a great move for the 49ers giving up I mean, if it's the Mike McGlinchey pick I would have traded Mike McGlinchey straight up for Chase Young last year So yeah. really, so really good good move there, I think And then the crazy part is We've talked about how we're, we're not sure if the Niners will re-sign Young if they don't, and if he goes somewhere else in free agency, they will get another compensatory pick the next year. So even if this is just a one-year rental, we'll get another third-round pick the next year. I, I am it's essentially so, a rental for I, nothing. I cannot believe the rest of the league let this happen, but I'm very happy about it. Yeah. So what's cool is even if even if we didn't get a pick. Say like just that wasn't a thing, and he signed somewhere else, and we didn't get a pick. It's it's pretty much just trading. Okay, we get a pick because Mike McGlinchey left. Then we're just bringing in Chase Young with that. Um, I really hope to re-sign him. I don't know how we will if we want to sign Ayuk and all these things. We'll get into that more in the off season or later in the season. But so cool to see the ways that they are. I don't want to even say manipulating these picks because it just feels too easy. But they're getting these picks. They're being so wise with them. Um, they could have gone after they Montez are, they Sweat, are who's awesome. They're taking advantage. The Niners are taking away an advantage of comp picks in a way that no one else in the league does, and it's it's truly it's truly impressive. And they deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah. So um, I also saw reports that towards the end of the deadline, the Niners were working on a second trade. Now. I haven't seen any reports of specifically what that was. I don't think there were many people knowing who that was truly about. I was hoping it was going to be for offensive line help. I'm not sure where that would have been. I know Ezra Cleveland was traded from the Vikings to, I believe, the Jaguars. So maybe that's someone the Niners were looking at. Um, there was another that, offensive line. That's lineman. definitely a thought. I think, 
I think the other one everyone thinks is that they were they were trying to move for a corner. That's that's the expectations is that they would they would make a move there. So I'm not I'm not certain, but that is my my guess is that they were moving for a corner. But obviously, I I don't know. Well, just the day before, Jalen Johnson, cornerback of the Chicago Bears, who has really been having a good year, I believe, um, he had demanded a trade or requested a trade. And the Bears pretty much said at the deadline, hey, that's not going to happen. Um, and I think that's who they were cooking up. I think the Niners were making a play for him, and he would have been an incredible addition into this team. It would have been awesome. Um, I, even re- I really like Isaiah Oliver at the nickel. I'd like to see some cleaner play, less mistakes, but corner is the hardest position to play in football, in my opinion. Um, but if we were to have Charvarius Ward, Jalen Johnson, Diamador Lenore, and Isaiah Oliver, I'd feel pretty good about our corners. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it was offensive line. Maybe it was corner. I can't imagine anything else. I can't imagine bringing in an offensive weapon. There's almost not enough food to go around. We don't need any more. Um, linebackers are sure okay and uh, i would have said well i feel like on paper i would have said the d line is great but they weren't playing like it so i sure hope that as you said bringing in chase young i hope it's not just a spark is lit there's an absolute bonfire this next week uh that they're playing with this new defense so timmy let's get back to your questions how are we feeling heading into the well I don't care how we feel heading into the bye week. There's a lot of mixed feelings, but those feelings should be changing with the fact that we got Chase Young. We're heading into the yeah, bye I, week so guys can heal up. But what what does what do we're not gonna look at the next game um ahead. We'll save that for next week. But what is the overall uh feel expectation? We're kinda hitting pause. We're halfway through the season. So let's answer some of those questions you had. Yeah, I I feel good. I, I do, and I, I think the the thing that convinced me, and I'm not going to give credit to who I saw it from on Twitter because I forgot, this is the 49ers' second-best record through eight weeks under Kyle Shanahan, 5-3. and three. The only other time they were better was the Super Bowl run, and that team you know just had an incredible run of good health, and just everything came together. But you look at these past two years that we've gone to the NFC Championship, and we were worse. We were worse at this point of the season. So I think that is 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 something to think about. This Niners team the past couple years has been a team that has put it together down the stretch and no one has wanted to play in December and in January. And I think that that is exactly what we're going to see this year. Kind of a, a started out hot, things kind of fell apart. I expect to come out of the bye week with, with all the pieces kind of coming back together. And Chase Young just being that spark. Hopefully Steve Wilkes figures it out. So I, I, I feel good. This has been a team that hasn't put it together until later in the season. And the only reason that we are freaking out is because it did come together early to, to start out. And so we, we've hit a stumbling block for sure. But I feel good. I'm really excited for 49ers-Jaguars in, in two Sundays from now. I think that should be a phenomenal game. I mean, the Jaguars it, have the second-best record test. in the AFC right now. That's going to yeah. be a really, really fun game. It'll, it'll re- I mean, it's really going to be, you know, I think we'll, we'll easily see how healthy the Niners, how, how well uh, prepared are they for the rest of the season with this game. I mean, I feel like we've been saying this at different points of the season of, Hey, this game is, we're going to see a lot of this, or we're going to, this is going to tell us a lot about this and, and so on. This is potentially, I think we, I just feel silly. Cause I think we've said this a couple of times now, 
I think that this is one of the biggest games of this season. I don't think we necessarily expected it to have so much riding on it in the sense of, wow, we were on, we were undefeated, and then now we're on a three-game losing streak. Very different narratives there. Huge trade heading into the bye week. Guys were, help, uh, guys were injured, and now they're going to get to get healthy over the bye week. This, this week, even if we lose to the Jaguars, by how much? Were we able to hang? Were we able to make it a close game at the end? Were we able to come away with the wind easily or uh, in that clutch fourth quarter with Brock Purdy making a difference? You know, what is it going to look like? And I think that um, the narrative for me in this game is you got to watch it very closely. Um, the score and the stat sheet will not tell you everything you need to know about the Niners for the rest of the season in this game. You got to watch it very closely. How do they look? Are there explosive plays? Are they able to respond when there is a turnover or whatever it is? Um, and can they then capitalize if they're recovering a turnover in any way? So, yeah, it's huge. There's a lot coming in. I mean, how, how, I worry, how good is Chase I Long? Worry Chase a little, Young coming in. Yeah, I worry a little because this is kind of what we said before the Bengals game. of like everything's going to come together. We're going to be fine. And it was not fine. But... I still feel really, really good. This team is still in a position to make the playoffs. And as we've seen, all this team needs to do is make the playoffs to to be the team that nobody wants to play in January. Chase Young is a huge addition, and I, I don't know that we can talk enough about how important that might be down the stretch. Purdy is still playing pretty well. And, oh, maybe the team's two most important offensive players, or at least top four most important offensive players, were out the past two weeks and are going to be back. So I feel good. I'm excited. I think this bye week is coming at the perfect time. Let guys get healthy. Let Shanahan and Wilkes work out whatever's going on between the two of them. Let Chase Young get used to playing opposite his old college buddy again. Get Nick Bosa somebody who can actually rush the passer opposite him. Get Randy Gregory cooking when those guys need to take a break and I'm I'm super excited. This is going to be, I, I think this is going to be a really, really fun run down the stretch. And I was definitely coming into this week. I, the Chase Young trade just got me so, so hyped. I am so excited about it. I cannot express enough how important I think that's going to be and how awesome it is. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking, I'm like, it, it feels different than the Bengals game. And like, hey, this is a big test. And part of it feels different because we now have Chase Young on the roster and Debo and Trent are hopefully going to be back. I think everything points to them being back, especially Debo. He was only supposed to miss uh, one to two weeks, but I wonder if that was perfectly said just heading into the bye week or if that's just how it worked out. But I'm excited to see, hopefully in a week and a half, to see a full a full Niners lineup that has Chase Young opposite side Bosa now and Drake Jackson and Clellan Farrell as the backup edges. Oh, it's going to be fun. That's awesome. Um, this is easily the best defensive line in football now. I think the commanders had it, it was with before. Chase Young. I think the Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne is, is pretty dang good, only because I think I'd rather have – I'd have to really look into this. Um, but I know that Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat, I would say Young is better than Sweat. Sweat is better than in Drake Jackson or Cullen Farrell. Maybe time will change that. But the Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen versus Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead is 
quite the battle, quite the comparison there. But either way, these are were two of the best. No, no dispute now, Niners have the best D-line in football. I hope they play like it. I hope that. Yeah. And again, man, this is a huge, just another uh, another note to this. I know we're wrapping up here, but um, who's, the, who's the Jaguars running back? Ah, one of the best Travis in the Etienne. league this year. Travis Etienne has had a phenomenal year. He is easily in the top three running backs of the year. He has been killing it. Um, Chris McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, I would say, are the other two. Those are your top three running backs in the season. And Kamara hasn't even played. Uh, he was out for three weeks with his suspension, but he has been on it since he's been around. ETN's been getting touchdowns up the wazoo. So I think if if ETN doesn't have a great game, that's that is something to note. And what it might seem like a great game, like if he plays as well as Joe Mixon did last week, that's not a great game comparatively for ETN with what he's been doing. So if we're able to stop him at the goal line, whatever it is, that's huge. Um, Trevor Lawrence has been battling some injury and hasn't necessarily has been explosive um, or as clean as, as most people, including myself, would have thought to start the year. So maybe they take advantage of that. I sure hope Chase Young gets a sack in his debut. But, yeah, gosh, excitement with, with how much is coming. I'm bummed that we have a bye week this week just only in the sense that I have to wait longer. But we need the rest. We do. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be fun. Should be an exciting game. Bye week could not come at the best time. I think our overall sentiment, Niners fans, is it's a bummer. This skit is not great, but this team is bigger than that. This team has proven they are better than that. And this team just got the best second pass rusher they've ever had. And so it's going to be really, really, really fun. Daniel, any, uh, any parting thoughts? Yeah, you said the bye week couldn't come at a better time, and it literally could not. I don't think I've ever seen a better bye week time where the Niners had such a good start to the season. Now they're on a three-game losing streak. They just brought in a, a defensive star. They have stars injured. And sometimes bye weeks come in like the middle of a win streak, and it's not ideal. You would You'd rather keep rolling and save it for later. This is the most perfect bye week I've ever seen. So that just makes me all that much more excited and feeling good about heading to Jacksonville in week 10. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy having Chase Young on the Niners and uh, stay safe out there, everybody.